Welcome to another episode of the Law & Business Podcast. I'm Anthony Verna. I'm here by myself today because we're going to be talking a little bit about copyright re registrations. Uh, the last blog post uh, on my blog at vernalaw.com uh, discussed a, a little bit about the Supreme Court's March 4th, 2019 decision uh, effectively rendering Section 411A of the Copyright Act to be ironclad and stating that, yes, one does need a, a registration to walk into federal court on a copyright infringement suit. So we're going to take a look at, at that a little bit more. We're going to take a look at all of the reasons why somebody needs to have a copyright registration, and that is now a certificate from the Copyright Office of the Library of Congress in order to uh, start uh, a copyright infringement suit. But there are some other other reasons as as well. So let's take a let's take a look at that. Um, to begin with, any work that falls under copyright law is traditionally what we would call art. So literary work, uh, photographs, uh, paintings. Uh, in today's world, what we do is we take uh, computer code and we call that software code a literary work. So this way software falls under the copyright scheme. And uh, it's important that if there's going to be any right asserted in these works that fall under copyright law, uh, that the owner has that registration. Number one. I think it's good business practice to begin with. Um, if you are licensing any of your work, if you are selling any of your work, if you're using your work to make money, you are able to refer, not just by, by title, not just by as an exhibit in, uh, in an agreement, but also by the title that you give it in the copyright office, as well as its registration number. It's easy reference in any kind of agreement. So whether that agreement is a licensing agreement, it's a sales agreement, uh, maybe just, just a use agreement without any kind of uh, monetary uh, value to it, it's easy reference to, uh, to um, have that registration. Now, um, Generally, I, I always say it's a one-to-one -one relationship. One copyright uh, registration is one work. And whether that work is a, a literary work, and, and I had a client that was uh, filing books, and eventually each of the chapters of the book was separately available online, so therefore one work uh, changed from a book to maybe a chapter. And then this way, if the chapters had to be updated, they're updated. But... Um, one registration, one work. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of, of collections of registrations in order to register the work and protect the work. The one real exception that courts have um, agreed to is in photography. And that is because in today's world, you can take that uh, camera push a button and push a button often and have many similar photographs uh, and just take a lot of photographs at once. So uh, take all those photographs, put it on a, on, a, on a DVD, 
And yes, you can record that DVD and protect all of those photographs as one. It really is the only medium that courts have allowed to um, get get around that particular one work per one registration number um, rule. So I like that registration for the um, ease of, of referral. But also, now we have the Supreme Court ruling. And the Supreme Court ruling states that that registration certificate must be in your hand before starting a copyright infringement lawsuit. So why is that? Well, Section 411A of the Copyright uh, Act says, no civil action for infringement of the copyright of any United States work shall be instituted until pre-registration or registration of the copyright claim has been made in accordance with the title. And, and I'm not going to dwell on that word pre-registration because pre-registration, again, applies to very few uh, industries where a, a work is vulnerable to pre-distribution infringement. Movies, music, those are big examples of where pre-registration can, can exist. But let's put that aside because most of us listening aren't going to be worrying about pre-registration. Um, registration for that copyright claim has to be made. Well, there were two thoughts in appeals courts in the United States until March 4th, 2019. And one thought was exactly what the Supreme Court ruled, uh, that a court will not be able to sit and hear this case until that registration is in hand. Makes perfect sense. That's what it says. But some courts, they had a minority view. Uh, certainly the 11th Circuit uh, Court of Appeals did, and, and I believe, believe it was maybe the 4th Circuit. There are a couple others. And they said, well, if you walk into the uh, copyright office and you file... And you apply for that trademark, uh, that copyright, excuse me, and you've paid your application fee for that copyright. That's acceptable. And we will hear your case, even though you don't have a, a registration certificate, you've applied for it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't tried that particular move myself, because from a practical standpoint, I'm going to file my copyright. I'm going to calculate the time that's going to take to get the copyright. And by the time that the other side files a motion to dismiss, the judge rules on it. Uh, you get a chance to replead your case. Uh, by then, you'll have a copyright certificate, and maybe the parties will have started to talk settlement. So I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't justified moves with that particular minority view. But that minority view was eradicated on March 4th. Um, in uh, this particular uh, uh, case. And the reason for that is because the statute is very clear. Registration of the copyright claim has been made. Right? That, that, that's, it's very clear. Um, and then the next section, 
does cover instances in which registration is refused. So the application process is still just a process, even though it's it's kind of a lax process. Not a lot of uh, copyright applications are refused. So um, in looking at, at really a, a way to get to some kind of, um, I don't want to say equality, but to get to some kind of just result, a lot of justice, a lot of judges were o overlooking the bureaucratic process and um, were just happy with that application fee. But again, Supreme Court says, no, that's not how we read it. Nine to zero, unanimous decision, doesn't matter their political bent, doesn't matter their socioeconomic <laughs> bent. All of the justices of the Supreme Court said, registration, that has to be in hand. So now you have to have your registration to not just review and, and refer to it. You have to have your registration to walk into court. And, and if you don't, your case will be dismissed. Now, yes, what's the effect if you say have 100 copyrights that are registered and you've got 25 and they haven't been registered yet? Is your case really going to be thrown out if all, uh, uh, you know, if 100 are in there? That particular thought and that situation doesn't appear to truly be um, anticipated. And I think that we're going to probably have to have some other ruling that, that talks about multiple copyrights and what happens when multiple copyrights are infringed and some registrations are not, um, just have not been procured yet, even though many have. So uh, that that's probably going to be coming down the road. Although I would suspect if they're going to be consistent, uh, it's either an all or nothing type of, of deal. So um, the third reason that you want to register your copyright is that damages are important and damage you know the types of damages that uh, an infringed party is allowed to ask for are limited <coughs> without the registration so what's let's talk about all of the rights if your copyright registration is in is filed registered and then infringement happens well you ask for actual damages and we'll get to actual damages in a second you can ask for attorney's fees you may or may not get attorney's fees you can ask for statutory damages and if the order of 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 items is that one the work is created two copyright if in the work is registered and then three infringement happens you are entitled for statutory damages um, the other the other uh, aspect that I say is make sure that when the date is created and published, or the date of the work is created and published, make sure that you file that, that copyright within three months to really shore up your, your um, statutory damages claim. So again, um, you're going to receive statutory damages when, when either th your registration is within three months of the publication of the work or before the infringement starts. Statutory damages can be awarded by a judge or a jury to a copyright owner in a suit. Uh, this is uh, specifically done in Section 504 of the Copyright Act. 
and statutory damages are between $750 and $30,000 per work as determined by the court. Uh, the damage amount can be increased up to $150,000 per work infringed if that infringement is found to be willful, uh, intentional is, is a good, um, uh, good synonym for willful. If that infringement is innocent, meaning the infringer did not know that they were violating copyright law, the damages can be reduced to a minimum of $200 per work, uh, but that's really only if the work did not contain a proper copyright notice. So statutory damages are awarded per work. You heard me say that earlier, per work. In other words, each work, like a single song, a single book, a single photograph, you know, every single registration that you have it's going to um is going to 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 make that determination uh so if you have five songs five photographs five paintings five pieces of software uh the copyright owner uh could go from 750 per work which is only thirty three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars up to a a maximum award of a hundred fifty thousand dollars per Per song, so excuse me, up to thirty thousand. So if it's five works, one hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. And and statutory damages are important because you know the alternative type of damage award is actual damages, and we'll talk about those in a second. And those have to be proven in court. They can be difficult to establish. Um, actual damages in you know, include profit. Um, lost, uh, pro you know, include profits the copyright owner lost, any additional profits the infringer received. Um, so, so this calculation can be very um, helpful, especially if uh, the infringed party has, you know, a hundred copyrights, as I was saying. So, it really does behoove uh, businesses and people that um, put out works that fall under copyright law to truly consider that registration because statutory damages is an easier calculation for when it's infringed. Uh, the other uh, awards that I would uh, look at are, you know, your actual damages. And actual damages do uh, exist even if infringement happens um, before registration of a copyrighted work. But as you'll see, it's harder to calculate, right? So we're going to um, calculate actual damages as lost revenue, uh, you know, as a result of the infringer taking the work and reproducing it. So, you know, the calculations aren't perfect. I mean, you could argue that your sales went down by a certain percentage, um, although the, there's not really a clear causation uh, between sales and you know, you know and one particular action so that that that's very difficult um, the second form of damages uh, consists of any money made by the infringer as a result of the uh, infringement and these damages are awarded only if they exceed the amount of profits lost by the copyright owner so um, Again, you're, you're going to go through a lot to see uh, what your damages are. You're going to try to put everything together. But ultimately, having that registration gets you the easier calculation, especially if you can show that it's, um, it's willful.
And so why do you have to register a copyright? Because in the United States, the statute says that you do not have access to court without the registration. So number one, you register because um, you, you have to, in order to enforce any rights that you have in it, you need that registration. I always point out that, that you do want to refer to it easily, and referring to it uh, easily and simply means having that registration, the number, the title, any licensing is easy, any um, use agreement is easy, and three, if there's an infringement, you do want statutory damages, you do want to be able to try to claim that uh, the copyright is willful, you do want to try to aim for the stars, you can't do that otherwise. Uh, so I hope that, that this clears up some of the um, potential misconceptions. And, and frankly, I think our system was a little, um, a little at fault as well uh, for why um, copyrights are, or why that, that need um, is, is there. But, but now we have this ruling from the Supreme Court. It's very solid. And I, I would just say, if you're not registering copyrights, um, you should certainly, you know, take a look at your business's work and make sure that if it falls under copyright law, that you're protecting it properly. Else, you really will be hurting for uh, the types of damages that um, that really would justify a copyright infringement suit. Again, I'm Anthony Verna of Verna Law. Thank you for listening to the Law and Business Podcast. We'll be back with some other episodes soon. Take care.